so I have wanted to do a podcast for a few years now, and I always talk myself out of it by saying I'm not going to be able to talk for an hour by myself, and that I need all these other people, and anyway, I just always made a bunch of excuses as to why to not ever fucking do it, and one of those excuses was you're always going to be negative whenever you talk. No matter what you say, you're always going to be negative because you don't have a positive outlook on anything in life. Because, I mean, what point is there to be positive? Let's be honest. What, what do you get out of being positive in life? What happens for you? Not, there's, there you? Maybe you will encounter other people who are also faking being positive. But in reality, they're really just hiding all this other shit that they don't want people to know about. So the, I guess what I'm wondering is, why would we approach that with dishonesty? But that's apparently my whole problem from the get-go anyway, is I don't understand why people would want to be dishonest. And I know that makes me sound like a completely naive child. A, a 35-year-old man to sit here and say, I don't understand why people would be dishonest. But I really don't understand why people would be dishonest. Because if... if <laughs> and maybe it's because I don't have billions of dollars or, or assets that I could lose by suddenly being honest. I don't know. I, I really don't understand any of these things. It seems to me like everything would be a lot easier if people were just honest about their intentions because then you could really decide uh, if this person or this interest was worth your time anyway. Like, I've got a buddy that he looks like he is, um, how do I want to say it, like he was one of the other characters that could have been selected to be in the band Motley Crue but wasn't. He looks like he's right out of that whole scene. And I'll tell you, this guy, everybody used to be in awe at how many chicks this guy could pull in. And his whole thing was, he would he would just be open and honest with every chick. Like, look, you know, I'm trying to hit it. And if you're not, then beat feet. And he wouldn't sit there and piss around in his undies about, oh, I didn't get that chick and all this other shit. And it's just that sort of, uh, uh, I don't even know if the word is positivity. I guess it's just confidence. It's really just confidence, isn't it? Like, to have that uh, level of, but, I mean, to be honest, I, I love the guy, but he also uh, doesn't have little kids like I do. So I really couldn't, I feel like I couldn't do that in life. I couldn't just approach people and be... Well, no. No, I do already do that, and it creeps people out. Because I, I do do that. I'm up front with them, and I'm honest about my intentions. And it creeps them out because they don't understand why somebody's being this honest. Or every once in a while, somebody will be interested, and that person is just an even bigger creep than I am. Like, I, <laughs> I could tell some stories, but I don't think I want to get into that right now. The point being is that I'm tired of sitting here and telling myself that, like, I'm not good enough to be able to talk into a fucking microphone, or I'm not good enough to be able to make sounds in order uh, to release online, or to even continually talk down to myself uh, about all of these things that I that I 
have proven to be good at. And I'm going to say some really difficult things in order to convince myself to this point. Because let's be honest, this fucking podcast is about me. It's not about you or whoever's listening to it. Like, if you're listening to it, and that's great, I'm really glad that you're enjoying it and you're getting some something out of it. But this is about me vomiting all the shit that I'm fucking tired of holding in anymore and keep telling myself that there's no point in getting out anymore. So whatever happens with it, happens with it. But at least... It's out there, and I don't have to have that fucking burden anymore. So, at any rate, uh, I know that I... <laughs> uh, and I just, I'm trying to find the words that I want to use to make this point. I'm 35 years old, and for some reason, I still desire the approval of my parents. And I think that's because I don't have any relatable peers. Um, and as I examine that behavior more, I have done a lot of really odd or offensive things that I do not understand. Um, I was just diagnosed this last Tuesday with autism, which honestly makes a lot of fucking sense when I back up and I look at a lot of the things that have happened in my life. Uh, um, here's an interesting story. There was this kid that lived um, on the street next over from me, so our houses were separated by an alley. And uh, he, he was younger than me, and when I reflect on it, I don't ever in my life... Remember this kid uh, inviting me to play with him. When I reflect on it, it's always I was like riding my bike or walking around the neighborhood or whatever. And I saw him playing by himself or with other people. And I would insert myself uh, into whatever they were doing somehow. Um, and I never really understood the vibe uh, that I was getting at the time until I thought about these memories uh, a few weeks ago because that kid, well, he was a man. He actually died in a car accident, and that got me thinking about all the stuff that happened before and just, like, you know, my interactions with him. And then I realized kind of how weird they are. Or like this other time where I rode my bike past his house and there were balloons up all over his porch and they had a big banner that said, Happy Birthday, kid's name. And I said, oh, it's his birthday. And I just walked into his house and inserted myself in my, into his birthday party. Um, and everybody, not everybody, but people in my family told me later that you're not supposed to just crash somebody's birthday party. And I didn't understand what any of that stuff meant because to me, Alex was, was my friend and I saw he was having a birthday and I went to his birthday. And now as an adult, I realized, oh, wait, I wasn't invited to that birthday. In fact, that kid, he actually didn't ever invite me to play with him. He was just too nice to tell me to fuck off. Um, and there's like a lot of stuff like that that happened over and over and over and over and over again. Like from middle school, or not from middle school, but from elementary school all the way to high school. And it's hard to reflect back on it all. Now that I've received an official diagnosis, it's hard to reflect back on it all and not be angry um, because, <laughs> like, I, I took so much shit when I was younger for 
uh, because people were accusing me of choosing uh, these behaviors that I couldn't control. And I, uh, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. Like, my parents wouldn't deal with uh, their stress well. When they would just be upset with us, they would just hit me and my brothers and my sister with belts and scream at us. But here was the fucked up game, because when one of them would beat us, the other one would treat us. That's what I called it, the beat and the treat. So, like, my dad would beat us, and then my mom would treat us by, like, bringing us all, like, ice cream or popsicles. And, oh, I'll let you eat it in your room. Which was like the big deal because food was never supposed to be out of the dining room or the kitchen. And then if my mom beat us, my dad would always have to one-up my mom with the treat. And he would take us to the McDonald's in the area that had the one, uh, or the one McDonald's rather, that had the play place in it with the slide and everything. Uh, and you know, that really continued into... Uh, adolescence because when my parents divorced, that was really the first time that I was properly acquainted with a video game because prior to that we had an Atari that my dad would take out of the attic once in a while and right before my parents divorced they bought a 486 DOS machine in fact, I remember my brother brought home Doom 2, and my mom flipped her lid talking about, you're not installing that fucking satanic game, you $50 you paid for that ticket. Yeah, if you can believe it, in 1993, people were paying $50 for Doom 2. <laughs> but, uh, so, oh, where was I at in that fucking rant? Um, talking about Doom 2, um... The computer video games, so yeah, like we would play Joust or Combat on the Atari. Like I don't know, I I remember it happening only a couple of times. But then when my parents divorced, uh, what happened was what I refer to as the video game wars, where my dad bought us a PlayStation, but my mom heard through the grapevine that my dad bought us a PlayStation because it's a small town and everybody likes to stir up gossip. So she got her boyfriend to bring over his son's old Sega Genesis with like 30 games. Like, I'll never forget that. I came home one day from school, and on the kitchen table was a Sega Genesis with like 30 games in the box. And I had never played a Sega Genesis before. And it was just, it was uh, probably not unlike sticking your finger in an electric socket, except, you know it's video games and not an electric shock but the the sensation of wow that's a lot anyway uh and so she did that and then dad bought a better computer than my mom had so then mom turned around and got us a sega saturn and a nintendo 64 and so then dad bought two more computers and so then mom bought a better computer with a better CD burner because that's what all four of us kids were doing at the time. We were burning mixed CDs. And so then dad put better, uh, faster CD burners in all his. Um, and then he got high-speed internet, and my mom refused to uh, to get that installed because she didn't want to pay for it or I couldn't get in the serv in the area. But I remember playing at my mom's house. I remember playing Diablo 2 when it was brand new on a 26.4K connection. 
uh, because the old phone lines in the house that my mom didn't want to upgrade so we could have 56K dial-up connection. Um, and I think that's kind of, it was about that age. No, I mean, I'm sure it was probably before when my parents divorced that I really uh, started noticing my mother's resentment for me uh, as an individual just as as a young child like she never really had much patience for me and I was the youngest of four even though I have a younger half-sister who gets all the attention in the world and all the resources thrown at her and everything paid for whenever she has a struggle um even if that comes at an expense to other people like I had a a, a car that my mom and I both had in 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 our names because I need to co-sign her and my little sister needed a car so I said okay she can borrow it since I wasn't using it at the time and it was uh it was like a ten thousand dollar car and when I got it back it was like a twelve hundred dollar car um but of course you know there's all the excuses in the world for her on that um or like the time for my 10th birthday she bought me an electric bass guitar because I'd started, I was playing upright bass in school. Oh, that was another thing, because my dad bought the upright bass. Or, no, I think he rented the upright bass so that I could have it home, so I could play it at school, and then I could have an upright to practice at home. And then my mom tried to one-up dad by buying me an electric bass with an amplifier. But then when I moved into my dad's house, like, three years later, I'll never forget the day she called and started screaming at me about how I had no right to take that bass guitar out of her house, because... She paid for it, and it was hers. And it didn't matter that it was a birthday present. She paid for it, and it was hers. Um, and that's that's really the relationship that I've had with my mom ever since then. Is She's always tried to find a way to uh, insert herself into my life so that I need her... But then if I admit that I need her, that's too much. And then uh, she'll she'll just like do things to needle me to provoke a response, even though uh, she knew that there was something not quite right with me when she took me to a bunch of different psychologists, but didn't want to take me to any further uh, uh, batteries of testing or testing batteries, I should say, whenever they would make recommendations because specialists weren't covered by health insurance. Or I'd, I don't even know if that was really true. I'm going to be honest. I don't even know if that was really true. More than likely, she didn't want to have to drive to Indianapolis to get that service because this was back in the day there weren't a lot of services here where I'm at. We had to drive to Indianapolis to get a lot of specialized things outside of just like general medical care. Um. Uh, and I've got a lot of animosity really worked up in my mom right now because it's it's her doings that have placed me in the situation that I am now because uh, she had a friend that had a house that uh, was going to be a great fixer-upper for me and my kids. And, like, we did it on a handshake deal Uh uh, me and this friend of my mom uh, on this house because the house wasn't up to code and I knew if it wasn't up to code she couldn't legally have a lease for it anyway well it didn't stop her from trying to evict me after I put $9,000 into this property uh, I complained about surfacing sewage in the front yard uh, because I couldn't find a contractor that would do the work for me when I wasn't technically the property owner and so she responded by me complaining about shit in the front yard by evicting me 
Um, and at the eviction hearing, they don't deal with damages. They wait until after you're gone. Um, but my mom refuses to, like, get involved to try to, like, uh, work it out between us, even though they work together and they've been friends longer than I've been alive. My mom also has, like, a 3,500-square-foot house with an extra four bedrooms in it, um, but doesn't want us to live with her because she's... I don't know. She says that uh, that I um, I invalidate her when I come over and I clean up because like it's 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 not unlike something you'd see out of that show Hoarders, where like there's just stuff that's stacked to the ceiling. Like we've cleaned up messes uh, and found dead cats in there before. Like that has happened before. That's the level of the house we're at. When I was in there a few weeks ago trying to clean it before uh, everything went sideways and, you know, we're basically not talking now, um, I found, like, major foundational issues, and she didn't even want to acknowledge it as being real. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I will sound like an ungrateful son blaming my mom for everything, but in reality, it's both of my parents like, none of us kids, like, talk to each other. Like, I have other brothers and sisters. Nobody gets along. Nobody talks to each other. Uh, nobody supports each other. And it's like, gee, I wonder if that has anything to do with, like, all the beating and all the screaming and, like, all of the nonsense uh, uh, abuse that went on uh, in our childhoods. I wonder if that has anything to do with how we turn out as adults. Oh my god, I know, I, this, oh fuck, I'm not even 18 minutes in, I'm just now 18 minutes in, this is some heavy fucking content for 18 minutes, I, uh, just decided I gotta turn the microphone on and just start talking if I'm gonna make this podcast work, because there's, uh, I've, like I said earlier, I'll think up a million reasons in the world to try to tell myself that I don't need to do it, or it's not going to work, or it's not worthwhile, so it's just about put my foot down and fucking doing it. I think Jordan Peterson said that. Don't put your fucking foot down and do it. I think that's what he said. <sighs> so that's where I'm at in my life. I'm sitting here recording a podcast because I, f I have no control in my life, and I can't find anybody that's willing to let me live in a place and because of the evictions I can't get anybody to even uh, write me alone uh, if my credit was just a little bit higher like if my credit score is a little bit higher somebody might write me alone if I wasn't already evicted before it's almost like the system will shut you out in a way that if you don't have familial support you become uh, either indebted to strangers or uh, dependent upon uh, 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 government organizations or, like, their subsidiaries. So you're basically living a life of handouts. Like, I would fucking love to work. No, more than anything in the world. I would love 
I would love to work. Last year, when I was rewiring the electric in the house that I'm in right now, that was probably the best that I felt about myself in the last fucking six years. No shit. Between that nasty divorce and everything that went on, and I'm still trying to cover for it, I had no idea what I was doing when I started rewiring my house. And I just looked up a few videos on YouTube, and I got up there and started twisting wires together. And voila, I fucking made it happen. I rewired an entire floor. Two bedrooms, a, uh, a foyer, a living room, and a kitchen. Uh, oh, and the bathroom, excuse me. Uh, that felt just... That was indescribable. Just being able to do that uh, when I had absolutely no knowledge of it beforehand. And I mean, the house ain't burned down, so it looks pretty good to me. Like, I know that I'm not, you know, uh, here I am with the negative talk again. I'm talking myself out of, well, you're not actually a union electrician, so you're not really an electrician, blah, blah, blah. This is my parents' dialogue again coming up, making me talk myself out of the fucking things that I do well. Like, I do things well. It doesn't take me a lot to understand a concept so that I can do it well as long as it's explained well to me. But I've got all this negative shit in my head telling me that it's not gonna fucking work out and I just need to be somebody's little fucking drone and just show up and make $10 an hour and ask the government for more help. <sighs> I'm gonna be honest, this is exhausting. This was my first episode. I'm gonna end it here at 20 minutes. Uh... If you listen to this whole thing, you're fucking beautiful. Uh, please leave a sub, leave a like, listen to my music. If you want to send me some money, you can send me some money at paypal.me slash otterfundip, like the candy. I'll even put it in the description. I'm not going to fucking make a Patreon or any of that shit because they take fees out of and all that stuff. If you like what you hear and you want to support me, you just send me money. There's no pressure in any of that. And then I don't have to like maintain a weekly schedule to for any of that shit. Because I got to be honest with you, like my kids come first. And if it comes between, you know, spending time with my kids and make sure they grow up healthy and record another fucking podcast episode, all you people can go fuck yourselves. All right. So I love you. See you next time. Thanks.